0: morning. Uh, Tomorrow we celebrate a big day in our country, July 4th, also known as Independence Day. We celebrate freedom overall for all people who live here. Um, Not only marks freedom for this country, but it kind of marks the beginning of acts of freedom for most of the Western Hemisphere. Uh, A lot of countries took the... took the initiative and followed the lead of the United States and gained their independence also from whatever country was controlling them. But freedom tends to be a fickle word sometimes, passed around in jest. A lot of us don't really pay much attention to what it means or what it means for us. Freedom means not being oppressed by tyranny. It means not being held down by an unseen force that controls our lives. You see, while all Americans are celebrating freedom from a tyrannical government nearly 250 years ago, Christians have been celebrating freedom from sin for 2,000 years. And see, Galatians chapter 5 talks about freedom. And Paul thought it was very important. See, the church in Galatia was fraught with legalism. That's another term I want to talk to you a little bit about is legalism. A lot of churches today are fraught with legalism, they're just covered up with it, they're so enamored by their own traditions or their own ideas of what is right and wrong, not basing it on scripture as much as their own ideologies, that they get caught up in what they think is right and wrong. So much so that they tend to shun people out of the church. You see, when you're free in Christ, your church doors are more open to accept those who need Christ. But when you're caught up in legalism, you close those doors off. And that's what was happening in Galatia. This was a Jewish church. It was Jewish believers who had formed a church there for the spreading of the message of the Messiah but they have gotten so caught up in Jewish laws that they forgot to open the church up to all the people in the town. And one of the things that they were concerned about was whether or not the people were circumcised. Or whether or not the people were eating the correct food. They were caught up in that and not caught up in sharing the gospel of the love of Jesus Christ the fact that salvation comes through faith through Jesus Christ, they forgot to share that part because they were so worried about whether or not these uncircumcised men were coming into their church. And see, the church today gets caught up in that very similar, whether or not the people are dressing correctly or whether or not they act correctly or whether or not they talk correctly. And they forget to share the love of Jesus Christ. And Paul addressed that in this letter to Galatia. And we see in chapter 5, starting in verse 1, it says, for freedom Christ set us free. Stand firm then and don't submit again to a yoke of slavery. See, Paul is telling them to stand firm in the freedom of Christ and don't submit to the slavery of sin. He's making a fine distinction between what it means to be free in Christ and what it means to be a slave in sin. And he's wanting to nip this legalism in the butt that's going on at this church. And so he starts talking about it in the very next verse. He says, Take note, I, Paul, am telling you that if you get yourself circumcised, Christ will not benefit you at all. See, the Jewish leaders of that church were telling them they had to be circumcised. And Paul was telling them, if you submit to that, you're submitting to their rules and not the love of Christ. You're starting to make yourself more concerned about appearances and about the ideas of men and not the love of Christ. He says, again, I testify to every man who gets himself circumcised, that he is obligated to do the entire law. He's saying, why stop there? You see, when we set ourselves up to judge people on their appearance when they walk through the doors, or where they come from, their background, why are we stopping there? Why don't we just shun everybody up because they stole a candy bar one time. No, oh, they are a thief. Throw them out of the church. They cussed one time. They were found mouthed savior. Throw them out the church. They've gotten a tattoo. They've got body piercings. They watch secular TV or secular movies. They're focused on the news. They play on social media all the time. There's so many different things we could label on people. Where do we stop? And Paul's calling them out on that. If you submit to one part of the Jewish law, you need might as well submit to the whole thing. Christ is of no count to you at this point. He says, You who are trying to be justified by the law are alienated from Christ. You have fallen from grace. For we eagerly await through the Spirit, by faith, the hope of righteousness. He's telling them there's a separation here. The Jewish law was for the Jewish people those who have accepted Christ are no longer Jews. You're different. You've been created something new. We are under a new covenant. One created by Christ. One that's free from that law. That law was there for them for hundreds of years so that they could try to get closer to God. Christ came so you could be with God. when you give in to Christ, you're something different. And by faith, you get the hope of righteousness. It says, for in Christ, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision accomplishes anything. What matters is faith working through love. It says it doesn't matter if you're circumcised or not. Is your faith showing the love of Christ. Are you sharing the message of the love of Christ to all people because of your faith? Or are you concerned with the law that's been put before you? Verse 7, he says, You are running well. Who prevented you from being persuaded regarding the truth? He said, You were doing a good job. Who's changed it? Who got in the way? says, this persuasion does not come from the one who calls you. A little leaven leavens the whole batch of dough. He, he asked the question, who persuaded you? And he's telling you that the one who brought that persuasion is not working for Christ. He's working to break up the church. He's working to cause distraction and destruction. and he says just a little bit can get the ball rolling. It don't take but a little, little baking soda to make that bread fluffy, right? A little leaven leavens the whole dough, the entire dough. He says, I myself am persuaded in the Lord that you will not accept any other view, but whoever it is that is confusing you will pay the penalty. Now, brothers and sisters, if I still preach circumcision, why am I still persecuted? In that case, the offense of the cross has been abolished. He's telling you that he don't think his letter is going to change much because people are setting their ways and their mind is fixed on whatever it is that they're focusing on. In this case, they're focused on circumcision. he says, if I'm preaching circumcision, then why are y'all still persecuting me? Why are you still coming at me? He says, I wish those who were disturbing you might also let themselves be mutilated. Some translations, y'all reading, may say castrated. What he's telling them is, why cut off a little? go ahead and cut the whole thing off. The person who's pushing this so hard, why not just make yourself a eunuch? Which is a person who's been completely castrated. Kind of useless to the foregoing of society because they can't reproduce. when we look out at the church and the world we wonder why these people are pushing so hard on their legalistic ways why are they studying so much what offends them and not studying whether or not that person has come in in the faith of Christ and if they haven't why aren't they trying to persuade them in the faith of Christ rather than the rules of their little church See, that's what was going on in Galatians. Right here, this next verse is so important. Paul says, For you were called to be free, brothers and sisters. Only well, don't use this freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but serve one another through love. You see, we talk about freedom especially this time of the year, around the 4th of July, we talk about freedom so much, what it means to be free. But do we really know what it means? Paul is telling us it is an opportunity for us to serve one another in love. For us to build each other up and make the church stronger and more whole. And if we apply that same principle to this country, to this world of what freedom is to build up this country and make it more unified and more whole and see each other as Americans and not as whatever hopinaded individual it may be then we could be a stronger country but more importantly here now We could be a stronger church if we built each other up in Christ. We just simply could be a stronger church if we built each other up in Christ. Too many times I have conversations with people about which denomination is better or which one has the better theology or which one has the better manual. But the fact of the matter is, this is our manual. All churches should share this same manual, which is the Scriptures of God. It doesn't matter what rituals they go through, whether they take communion at every service, whether they use instruments, whether they just simply read the Word and walk out or have a sermon to go with it. That's to each individual church, whatever your pleasure may be. What's important is do you have the faith of Christ in you? Are you following the spirit of Christ when you speak, when you act? I mean, are you taking time to sharpen each other as iron sharpens iron? Paul continues, he says, For the whole law is fulfilled in one statement. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. But if you bite and devour one another, watch out, for you will be consumed by one another. See, he didn't just show you the good side of the coin there. Love your neighbor as you love yourself. He showed you what the opposite would be. If we show hate and bitterness toward each other, we will be consumed by it. If we bring each other down and break each other apart, we will be consumed by that. We have to love one another and build each other up and work together. It's what makes strong communities. It's when the church is strong. It's what builds strong families. It's when faith resides in that household. And it's what will rebuild a strong country. Is when faith runs rampant in the streets because the church has strengthened itself by building each other up. Then Paul tells us that this freedom doesn't give you free reign to do whatever you want. Now, a lot of people want to stop there and say, "Ooh, I have freedom. I can do whatever." But it doesn't mean that. And so he tells us about the battle that's going on in each one of us. The battle that rages within all of us. Starting in verse 16, he says, I say then, walk by the Spirit and you will certainly not carry out the desire of the flesh. It says, for the flesh desires what is against the Spirit. The Spirit desires what is against the flesh. These are opposed to each other so that you don't do what you want. But if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. He says that's what sets us free as Christians. It's when we let the Spirit lead us. But how do we know what comes from the Spirit and what comes from the flesh? He doesn't stop there. He continues to tell us. Now the works of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, Moral impurity, promiscuity, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, strife, jealousy, outburst of anger, selfish ambitions, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and anything similar. I am warning you about these things as I warned you before that those who practice such things will not inherit the kingdom of God. He lays it all out there. Simple everything you were doing before you learned of Christ that's the flesh everything that's pulling on you harder than it ever has before because you've come to Christ is the flesh everything that you know in your heart that's not right is the flesh he doesn't stop he tells us where the spirit is verse 22 but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. The law is not against such things. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. If we live by the Spirit, let us also keep in step with the Spirit. Let us not become conceited, provoking one another, envying one another. Paul lays it out. Those things that you learn from Christ have become new in your mind when you give yourself over to them. That's the spirit. When we love one another, when we find joy in the presence of other believers, when we worship, When we pray and find peace, rest a little, take a little time and read our scripture we find that peace. When we are patient with one another, when we so want to just yell at the top of our lungs, but we find that little bit of patience to wait. When we show kindness and goodness to each other. when we have faithfulness, we remember to follow the teachings of Jesus Christ. When we show gentleness toward those who need and When we have self-control keep ourselves in check. It says that the law is not against such things. See, that's why you don't have to worry about what all the law says and what all the law is doing because when you do these things You're within the bounds of that law. You don't even have to worry about it because when you start doing these things, it doesn't matter if you show up and you had that tattoo. It doesn't matter if you showed up and your haircuts a little different. It doesn't matter if you show up and you're in the cut-off jeans because you're still growing. You're still learning. See, there's a little thing is there's a lot of people in church. Not all those people are going to get into heaven. It's a quote from C.S. Lewis in his book, Mere Christianity. He says, a self-righteous prig who goes to a church regularly may be closer to hell than a prostitute. But, of course, it's better to be neither. There are probably plenty of prostitutes who felt ashamed of who they were sitting in a hotel room. Found that Bible in that drawer. Changed to where they were in that very moment. But there are plenty of people sitting in pews of churches who haven't changed one bit. There are alcoholics sitting on bar stools, wondering about life, They put that last drink down and walk out and go and dust off that Bible they've had on the shelf in their house for a long, long time. But there's people on the front pews who haven't changed one bit. It doesn't matter where you come from or what you've done in the past. It's where your faith is and where you're going at now. We can make all the rules and ideologies we want. We can make all the manuals we want. We can look at everybody any way we want to and it's not going to save them one bit. What matters is whether or not you're sharing Christ with them. Jesus' set was sinners. He went to tax collectors' homes. He preached in the streets that whoever would hear. But when he did go to the church, he threw over the tables and ran out money change. Freedom in Christ means not being who you were, but listening to Him who has called you. Because you give up the yokes of slavery to those sinful natures. You hand over your entire life to Jesus Christ. over your life to Jesus. Be free in Him. Listen to the Spirit they call you. Dear Lord Heavenly Father, thank you for your words. Thank you for your message. Thank you for freedoms that we don't even realize we have, Lord. So many places don't have any freedoms at all to even express your words publicly. But you've given us the grace to live in a nation that allows us to do so. But Lord, don't let us squander that freedom on selfish ambition. But instead, give us the grace to share your story with as many people as possible and to love one another and build each other up to create a better church and a better world. But if it's going to be better, Lord, it's got to be yours. Give us the grace to hand everything we are to you so that you can shine through us so that we can be that light to those so many lost souls so that they can see what the church is truly meant to be, Lord. Not for the way that the church has become because of lost people who have been trying to lead it. Lord, we ask that you take the reins of this church and you lead it wherever it needs to go. And that you allow us to be your servants and to work for you and in honor of you, Lord, so that we can show a freedom in you Really, yes. We ask all of this in the blessed name of Jesus Christ. Amen.